This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Thursday, September the 15th. And our top story today is actually an update on yesterday's lead about trouble that broke out outside of McDonald's in Maidstone. No, I'm just making sure they're on the side. I've seen it all. Police had been called to the restaurant in Week Street on Sunday evening following reports of a disturbance involving a group of teenage girls. They were alleged to have assaulted a security guard and thrown a drink over a pregnant woman after being told to leave. Well, police have now told us a security guard was arrested. He's now been charged with assault with intent to resist arrest and will appear in court next month. Elsewhere today, a Margate man who carried out a series of sex attacks has been jailed for 14 years. Joseph Silver barged into a woman's home and repeatedly abused her as well as another victim over a month-long period in East Kent in 2020. A judge has described the 34-year-old from College Road as dangerous. He'll serve another four years on licence when he's released. A man's in a critical condition following a crash near Ashford. He had to be flown to a London hospital after a red Nissan Micra collided with a grey Audi A3 in Bell Lane in Smarden yesterday morning. Crash investigators want to hear from any witnesses, particularly those with dashcam footage. A Kent politician has narrowly avoided being hit by a so-called boy racer on a dual carriageway in Greenhithe. Now, residents have previously described living near Crossways Boulevard as like being on the set of a knockoff Fast and Furious movie. It's actually something we've spoken about on the podcast before. Well, a county councillor says he drove to investigate reports of around 30 cars gathering in the area recently when one almost crashed into him. Police say they are continuing to try and stop those responsible. A family has been rescued and treated for the effects of breathing in smoke following a fire in Gravesend early this morning. It broke out in a two-storey home in Railway Street in Northfleet but the intensity of the heat meant those inside couldn't get out through a normal escape route. Thankfully their neighbours were able to pitch a ladder and lead them to safety before fire engines arrived. It's not known yet how the blaze started. Kent Online News. To London now, where people from Kent have been waiting patiently to see the Queen lying in state. It's always been part of my life. She was there, I was born the year she was crowned, so she just means everything. She was a pillar. She's, you know, an amazing lady, absolutely amazing, and gave her life, and so, what's a couple of hours? And uh, do you think it will be a couple of hours? Some people are saying it could be up to 30 hour queues. We've asked the security guard and he said between three and a half, four hours from this point. So that's not too bad. It's worth it. Be worth it. Well, I think the Queen's a very special lady. There's so many qualities about her, her values, um, how she's conducted herself. And she's just given everything of herself, really, to the country and to support the country. And I think it's right, therefore, to um, show my respects. 
up to her. And how long are you um, thinking that you'll be queuing for? And how long are you also willing to um, to be waiting and queuing for the Queen? Oh, uh, maybe an hour, two hours. Um, I'd just queue for as long as it takes, I guess, really. Are you willing to sort of queue throughout the night, uh, camp up and wait? I don't think I'll be camping up and waiting, but I don't think the queue will take, the, where I am in the queue at the moment, I don't think it would take that long to be waiting overnight. Pay our respects, it's a once-in-a-lifetime moment, so I just wanted to be part of it. Um, just being able to see the coffin and on display and say thank you when we're in there and for all her hard work. I've come over purely to pay my respects on behalf of my mum, my mother-in-law and family and friends that I've got that are unable to come and queue or just unable to be here. So I'd like to pay their respects also. And how long are you sort of expecting to wait for? What are you going to do when you finally get in there? Uh, when we get in there, I'm sure it will be very quiet, just taking our time just to walk around and reflect our own thoughts, um, and then obviously the journey home. But we, we hope to get in within about four hours now, so hopefully not too long. Shortly before Her Majesty's coffin was laid upon a purple catafalque, the Archbishop of Canterbury led a service at Westminster Hall. Justin Welby said for a lot of people, the Queen's death will have awakened feelings of deep pain of loss. One of the best things you can do is get together with friends and family who knew the person that you're suddenly missing acutely again. Get together with them and talk about that person. Celebrate them. The way we deal with grief is by weeping and laughing. Well, anyone heading to the capital is being told to leave plenty of extra time. A reminder, Southeastern are running extra services throughout the night to allow as many as possible to pay their respects. Now, there has been some anger from some patients in Kent that medical appointments on the day of the Queen's funeral have been postponed. Because it's a bank holiday, GP surgeries, just like shops and businesses, will be closed. Some say it means I'll have to wait even longer to be seen when services are already under pressure. Well, Dr Julian Spinks is a GP in Strood and has been speaking to Abby from our colleagues at KMTV. Our practices are going to be closing and we have certain reasons why. Um, uh, some of the uh, practices are actually in buildings called healthy living centres and the people who own or run those centres have said that they will be shutting. So we don't have a choice in that sort of situation. Um, what will happen is it's going to to work like most bank holidays. There will still be emergency cover. The out-of-hours services will be running. Um, uh, some of the uh, vaccination clinics will still keep going. And some practices can opt to stay open, although actually the, the extra cost of opening the, uh, over the bank holiday is not going to be covered. So it is a tricky situation. We realise it's difficult. Most practices are actually shuffling appointments around, so people will still get their appointment, albeit perhaps delayed by a day or two. But those with real emergencies, yes, you'll be able to get seen. That's good that people can still um, be seen if they do have emergencies, as you said. But if you did have the choice to remain open, um, would you? I personally would stay open, but uh, one of the problems is general practice doesn't sit on its own.
And so we have things like outpatients departments in hospitals closing. We have uh, pathology labs closing, so we can't get urgent uh, bloods done or routine bloods. So we'd be in a situation when you're sitting there not being able to do anything apart from seeing the patient. So um, it is a tricky thing. Bank holidays are always a problem. And uh, yeah, we've just gone through the August bank holiday and the whole world doesn't fall apart because of that, because we plan around it. It's just we've had a shorter time to do that now. And those people that have had their appointments rescheduled, how quick are we looking at the turnaround? Can they reschedule them for the Tuesday or the Wednesday or are they going to be waiting a couple of weeks? What's the time? Um, it's going to vary from practice to practice as to how their appointment systems work. And sadly, in some practices where they're massively overloaded on demand, they may have appointments booked up for a week or two. But they're going to have to take into account the need of the people whose appointments have been cancelled. Because if you do have not necessarily a super urgent problem, but something that needs to be seen soon, then we'll have to try and fit them in. And you mentioned a bit earlier about emergency healthcare and things like that. So what's the sort of what do you declare as an emergency? What can people do to access healthcare if they do need it on that day? I think if you've got something that's arisen on that day that you feel cannot wait until the surgery is reopened, then you're going to need to seek advice. And the thing is, you do this by calling NHS 111. They do make an assessment. And if you need to be seen urgently, they can put you through to the out of hours GP services. Um, can actually arrange for you to go to A&E, walk-in centres, and if it's really serious, they can send an ambulance out to you. So we have got things in place. Do you think we'll see an influx of people using A&E services? Well, there may be an increase, and again, A&Es are ramping up to actually cope with this. We don't want people to do that for routine things. Really, you know, it is for emergencies, and so we'd ask people to think very hard before they turn up. We would like to hear from you if you're affected. Perhaps you're perfectly fine with your GP surgery being closed on the day, but if you've had a long-awaited appointment that's been postponed, we'd like to hear from you. You can contact us via email. The address is news at thekmgroup.co.uk. Well, many, many people are continuing to pay tribute to Her Majesty, but also remember the times they met Prince Charles, now King Charles III. Among them is Cathy Martin from Sheppey, who met him back in London in 1981. Nosy me. What's going on? So, of course, I put my best clothes on, my best hats, my camera. I thought, I'll go and have a look. So I did. I had a look. And believe it or not, you got out the car... At the, you know, at first, and he walked along, and people was all waving and cheering, and he come sort of near me, and I said to him, "Can I have a picture, Char Char?" And they all looked at me, calling him Char Char. I should have said, you know, Prince Charles. So he said yes. He stood still, and uh, that I took the first picture. Well, then I went and got Nanny Cook the old lady next door, and in a wheelchair, and I wheeled her through, and I said to the coppers, I said, can I push Nanny through there so she can see him? They said, yes, you could, and which I did. Then when he come out, uh, she was there. So I said, yeah, could you have a word, please? And he looked at her in a wheelchair, and he come over, and he had a lovely conversation with her for a few minutes. And he said to me, he said, is that all right, madam? So I turned around and said, you're a darling, Cha-Cha. And as I did, I touched him on the chest, you know, where his tie was. And it was ever so lovely and soft. And I turned around to him and said, 
Ohrschütten und dann Neuschütten. Und mit der Elis lauft. Und auf ich war. that was my experience. Lovely memories from the 91-year-old and you can see a video of her in the story at Kent Online. Finally today, it's been confirmed the Queen's Green Canopy Initiative has been extended until March next year. It's to give people the opportunity to plant trees in memory of Her Majesty. The nationwide initiative was originally created to mark the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. CCTV footage, which you can see on the website today, shows the moment a shoplifter steals chocolates and bottles of wine in Canterbury. The suspects reported to have targeted Sturry Road Premier and Post Office on Saturday and then again on Monday. The shop owner says staff were too intimidated to confront the man as he appeared to be drunk. Now, as the cost of living crisis continues to bite, it's emerged NHS staff, including ambulance drivers and nurses, have been using Swale Food Bank. It comes amid a report by Kent County Council which says food banks have been struggling to cope with increased demand. Meantime, research has shown Swale and Thanet have the highest number of neighbourhoods identified as energy crisis hotspots in the county. People living in flats near Dartford say they feel trapped in potentially unsafe properties five years on from the devastating Grenfell Tower fire in London. An inquiry into the blaze highlighted issues around flammable cladding and in January, developers were told to carry out remedial work on all affected buildings. Well, nine months later, people living at Thames Waterside in Greenhithe say they still don't know when things will be fixed. Developers haven't responded to requests for a comment. You can read what some of the residents of that development have had to say by heading to the website today. Meantime, people living near Hythe have raised concerns about plans for a new block of flats, claiming it would breach their human rights. Dozens of people have sent letters against the proposed four apartments and two detached houses in Naildown Road in Seabrook. Some say their new neighbours would be able to hear their private conversations, while others fear the development will be an eyesore. Those behind it say the properties are in keeping with the style of the area. Next, bosses have confirmed their store in Ashford will stay open. They'd previously announced plans to leave County Square in the town this autumn, but have now changed their minds. They've agreed a new lease and the owners of the shopping centre say they're looking forward to working with them. Our reporter Leanne Castle has popped down to County Square and met a shopper who's very pleased. Yeah, I'm really pleased it's uh, um, staying open. I used to always shopping next to my son when he was younger. But I do like to go in and have a bit of a browse to see what's in there yeah. and um, now I've got grandchildren, I go in there and you know, have a browse for them and they're always good quality, they're lovely clothes. Um, and if it was to close, obviously obviously they're not going to close now which is good, but would you have been really devastated to see it go? I would have, yeah, yeah. considering all the other shops what have like closed mm. around it, I think I would have because I used to go in H&M quite a lot. Um, when it was open, obviously for most of the kids' ch- uh, children's clothes. Debenhams I used to shop in for my son when he was younger, and school uniform and things like that. So next was to go. I think, yeah, I would have been yeah. quite upset. Kent Online reports. 
The murder of a 21-year-old in Swanley is going to be the focus of a TV crime show. Stephen Cameron was left to die by the side of the road after being stabbed by Kenneth Noy near the M25 after they were involved in a road rage incident in May 1996. An investigation of the impact it had on the local community will feature in the new series of Murder Town, which starts on Sunday night. A horse rider's told the Kent Online podcast she often faces abuse and comes across speeding motorists when she's out on roads in Raynham. Leanne Hodges from Lordswood says someone even threatened to punch her and pull her off her horse. She's urging drivers to follow the highway code, which says you should slow down and pass wide when it's safe to do so. Now, it seems there are split opinions over whether a care home in Deal should be replaced by dozens of new properties. Almost 200 residents have been asked about knocking down the Grove Villa site on Mill Road and building two sets of flats. But there's no clear consensus on what people want the plans are to be voted on by councillors tonight. A new cafe which bosses are hoping will help tackle social isolation has opened in Ashford. Kennington Cafes created six jobs after replacing the former Bockhanger Barbers unit in Bockhanger Square, which had been sat empty since last year. Now the owners say after recent closures of things like Mecca Bingo and the local community centre, he wanted to offer people somewhere to meet up and chat. And finally today, Steve Backshall has finally graduated at Canterbury Cathedral, three years after finishing a master's. The TV presenter studied bioscience at Christchurch Uni. His studies analysed the first known venomous salamander, but the ceremony had to be delayed because of COVID. He's been telling us more about it. It feels like it's been delayed for about a decade. I I probably now have the longest master's study in human history. Uh, But obviously, you know, I, I was supposed to graduate right slap bang during when the first lockdown happened it got bounced on uh, a couple of years and then the next time that it was due to happen i got covid so it, it's ended up being like three and a bit years since i actually finished my studies before i actually got to be there in the cathedral with all the pomp and ceremony which was spectacular was it um slightly anticlimactic to actually uh, graduate three years later or was it kind of a relief to finally graduate? I think in, in all these things, there's a sense that having battled for it makes it sweeter. Um, for me, the, the fact that I find science challenging and I find statistics and maths and chemistry and all those things really difficult um, means that battling through them to finally graduate with this master's uh, is therefore a, a much greater accomplishment for me and likewise the fact that the actual graduation itself has been bounced on and bounced on and bounced on means that actually if anything the anticipation has been greater and uh, so could you tell me a little bit about um the actual what you studied i know that um you did some research and uh, on the venomous salamander is that right that's right yeah so uh, there, there is this remarkable salamander called the iberian sharp rib newt which occurs in, in Iberia, funnily enough, and it has a defense mechanism where it presses its own sharpened ribs out through its body into the mouth of an attacker in order to expedite its escape. And it seemed logical to me that it must be coating those ribs in some kind of defensive toxin. That would be the norm amongst other amphibians for sure, but there had never been described a venomous newt or salamander before. And so my studies were first of all to find out if this was indeed the first venomous newt or salamander in the world and that's exactly what we managed to find out and why was this uh, your chosen topic why did you decide to do that specifically venoms poisons toxins are 
one of my great passions, always have been, and they have an extraordinary potential for their applications, particularly in terms of medicine. Um, so there's lots and lots of um, early stage trials being run on drugs that could combat cancer, for example, that come from, from venoms. And, you know, my research looked into all of those. Can it be used as a, a, an anti uh, cancer cell can it be used to get as an antimicrobial as an antibacterial um all of which learning how to do those kinds of tests in the first place is, it was a, a major thing for me and, and yeah it was it was massive the the reason that venoms and poisons are so intri intriguing to me they always have been ever since i was a kid the idea of animals being able to generate substances that they can use to defend themselves or use to take down prey that are the most potent chemical weapons of which we are aware is intoxicating Kent Online Sport. Just one bit of sport and in tennis, Kent's Emma Rajikanu plays in the second round of the Slovenia Open today. The British number one had progressed after her first round opponent retired with an injury. That was her first win since her unsuccessful US Open title defence. The 19-year-old from Bromley has been facing Germany's Anna-Lena Friedsam this afternoon for a place in the quarterfinals. Do head to the website for details on the result. You can also hear about the action in bulletins on our sister radio station, KMFM. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get access to the ad-free Kent Online website. To do that, you need to subscribe. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.